Hello everyone, welcome to Toonami Therapy today on March 31st of 2022. Uh, wait, yes, it is 2022. <laughs> uh, I don't know, just, I, I said it, and for some reason, it just sounded like, the way I said it just sounded so weird um, mm -hmm. uh, to me. But yes, it is in fact 2022, or 2022, uh, Anyway, uh, I am uh, Michael. I'm Tommy. Yes. Well, at least I didn't worry about getting my name wrong. <laughs> okay. So, we're here to, as usual, just talk about some of the anime we've been watching and maybe some other things. Often a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. So, we'll, as usual, start out with the stuff that, we, that aired on Toonami that we watched. So... Here we begin with Shenmue episode 8. We hear... Okay, so... Uh, our main character, who's uh, Ryo, that's his name, yes. He need, he says that he, he needs to find the four woods, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so he uh, starts on some things that I would normally think were side quests, but no, apparently they actually are part of the main uh, story because he ends because the woman old woman he ends up helping had one of the woods and tells him about it and actually I'm a little confused about exactly what they are are these just like esoteric concepts you just have to learn or because it just seems like they say ah oh, you have the wood it's the uh, whatever. It is. It didn't seem like it was really a specific technique or anything. Or am I misremembering? Is it like the four parts of Nen from Hunter Hunter? It, w it was something like that. I'm just a little confused about exactly what it involves because it seemed like it was like the one oh, I can't even remember which one he got, but it was like maybe it was like something about helping others or something. I don't know. The point is he gets, uh, the, the important thing is he manages to get the wood. Uh, I think that's one or did he get one in the previous episode? I can't remember. Yeah. So we get, uh, that basically that's the, um, that's the thing I remember. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought it was a fairly good episode. Not as good as the last two, but, um, it's definitely improved in quality as the show's gone along. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy about, yeah, where the show's going, you know? Yeah, it's it's more enjoyable. The problem is, for some reason, I just have so much trouble remembering what actually happened in it. And here's, like, the craziest thing. I, like, wasn't remembering. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, like, rewatch this uh, a, a little to remind myself. So I did that, like, then. And then I still can't remember a bunch of stuff. It's like Shenmue, like, just vanishes from my memory for some reason. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's the fact that the people who put the useful episode synopses up on Wikipedia never get, uh, like, are kind of slow with Shenmue. So I'm looking at the page and it doesn't have one. And I'm thinking, I can't remember what, uh, anything. There's, there's nothing to remind me. <laughs> okay. So we got that. Um, then 
we move on to Attack on Titan, episode 82. So all of the uh, the Titans that came out of the wall uh, wander off to destroy the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And everyone's thinking, huh, this is an interesting moral dilemma. What should we do? Uh, most of it, though, is uh, we get is about Annie because she gets out of the crystal. She manages to uh, basically force Hitch to uh, bring her to get her out of there. She decides to give her backstory, which I think we knew most of, but it's been so long since any of that was given. I guess it's actually not a bad thing to remind us. Uh, let's see. Then we have, um, yeah, that was the large stuff of the episode. There's, you know, a lot of people talking about what's going on there. Hanji, um, shows up at the end of the episode, which instantly makes the episode better. Um, and then it turns out Levi is still alive, which, uh, does not instantly make the episode better. Yeah, which was, like, the surprise of the century. And, um, I, what was the name of that girl you said again with Annie? Annie? Uh, Hitch. That was her name. So when did she join the show? Like, when I wasn't watching? Is that when she... She, uh, she was a little important in the first season, um, she also got a little more attention in this, um, one spin-off manga that was about Hanny, um, because I think they worked together or something. She got the biggest amount of attention during that, like, politics arc, but that's the, the one that people don't like and just help and kind of mostly vanishes from your memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's who she was. I uh, don't know if I have that much else to say about it, really. Like, you know, there's other stuff we find, uh, you know, we kind of check up on um, uh, Connie and uh, and uh, Falco, but in terms of the big plot stuff, that's what we covered. Yeah. Yeah, not much more to say. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we've got... Uh, Assassination Classroom, episode 36. So, we get a very big backstory info dump about Kaede, which says, oh no, she wasn't at all the character you thought she was. She was just pretending this whole time because she was this actress and her sister apparently got killed by... Uh, wait, was it her sister or was, what was the relation of the girl? I think it was her sister. Yes, um, apparently got killed by Koro-sensei. So she swore revenge and decided, uh, to get into the class E to try to kill him and also got the tentacle stuff on her, um, implanted in to her like that other guy. And she's like, I'm going to kill Koro-sensei. And, uh, so we get a bunch of... Big flashback for her, and uh, I guess we'll. Uh, and uh, everyone's saying that it's all dangerous because the, the stuff, she, the power she has, is basically killing her, and they so they have to stop her uh, uh, while she's attacking Koro Sensei. So, yeah, and then we'll. I we got all of that, and I guess 
We'll see if uh, the curse of the big flashback means she'll die, or if, like the last time, we had a big flashback and someone looked like they were about to die, Akoro-sensei will say, screw that trope, and manage to save them somehow. Okay, so... <laughs> this show... Uh, I had the most problems with this show of any show this week. Uh, like... What was the premise of the show again? Wasn't it that Kuro Sensei destroyed like half the moon and now he's going to destroy the earth if they don't assassinate him? That that was what I was uh, that was what I thought the plot of the show was. So now why are why is a person who is trying to do what all the kids have been doing since game, day one and try to try to kill Koro Sensei, why does that make her a villain? Because they've all been doing that. It's just because she's gone a little bit extreme to it. Uh, that that doesn't make any sense. She if she's sacrificing herself, well that's actually a good thing because she she's being heroic. She's Laying down her life for the whole world, you know? It's not like we need to stop her. No, you, you need to let her go ahead and do it because if if I wasn't being lied to at the beginning of the series, the reason uh, you, you should want to kill Koro-sensei because he is going to destroy the world. And I, I'm sure there's going to be some very convoluted explanation to this. But I'm just so frustrated with this show being so inconsistent. And it, 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 it changes its tone from episode to episode. You'll have a funny episode and then you'll have like a learning episode and then you have one of these type of episodes and it's a and the, the plot isn't very coherent so yeah i've got a lot of problems with this so what i mean it i guess part of i think well, the idea of her sacrificing herself is something you could say but the question is whether that will actually work or not by the time it ends up just killing her. So, which it didn't seem like it was going um, to necessarily. But here's the thing that's really confusing. And um, I have to be a little careful here because I ha I actually do <laughs> know the backstory of Koro-sensei and stuff. Which, by the way, thankfully is revealed very soon. So I don't have okay. to do that. But uh, I'm going through this... The issue is going through it without knowing in for uh, Mation. In fact, it doesn't even matter whether I know or not isn't important because the characters do not know the like what what the reveals are. And here's the thing: so she's accuses Koro Sensei of killing her like sister, and the other characters are like, "What you've been? You know Koro Sensei? That would be out of character for him." And I'm thinking, guys. He says he'll destroy the world and you're trying to kill him. Huh? Yeah. I mean, 
I guess you can say that, sure, it would be, like, out of... It would be out of character for him to, like, kill an individual person, even if he's going to blow up the world. You know, like, uh, that, that, like, that quote about, uh, that suppose that Joseph Stalin supposedly said, but I don't know if he did the whole, like, you know, a single death is a tragedy, a million is a statistic. So (laughs) I can still see how someone would be saying, oh, I'm okay with blowing up the world, but I don't want to actually kill someone individually. So they could say that, but at the same time, this suddenly brings up the question, why have none of the characters, it seems, been wondering about this apparent dissonance? Because, like they said, it would be seem out of character for Koro-sensei to be killing people. And yet, at the same time, he says he'll blow up the world and kill everyone. So where are the conversations and the wonderings as to how those fit together? No char- We haven't seen any character express any confusion over that. Yeah. That, that's the issue. I, you would think there would be at least be a little bits of um, that. Like you at least have one person saying, hey, isn't this actually a good thing, you know? But no one's saying that, you know? Or I, I'm just more surprised that no one has, seems to have speculated or suggested maybe the stuff about the Earth isn't like... Someone could say, okay, so there's two possibilities here because the, the personalities don't, like, work. Either Koro-sensei is faking his niceness for some reason, or he's not actually wanting to blow up the Earth. And, like, or something like that. And no one seems to, everyone just kind of accepts it, it, this, like, obvious thing that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And we, I, I want to be, like I said, we do actually get explanations soon and things start to make more sense, but the characters don't know that yet. So yeah. how, so their reactions just don't make that much sense. Yeah. The point, in other words, what you're saying is that the characters are like me, you know, the characters know that he's going to blow up the world. So or that at least that's what they think. That's what I think. And what's surprising is that they aren't taking any action on it. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, Kuro Sensei's in another battle. Oh, well, you know. Hmm. Uh, so, but despite those complaints, if you can kind of set that aside, eh, I thought it was a fun episode. It We got some, like, interesting reveals the the fight was kind of fun i thought it was a decent episode it's just the problem is the episode with especially because it the characters mention well koro sensei wouldn't kill um her wouldn't kill your sister like that that's the part that does not make sense because it is there's a lot of series where something about the premise doesn't necessarily make that much sense but you just kind of go with it the problem is when you pull when you just point so much to how their reactions don't make sense yeah. <sighs> I mean, I'm being critical of an episode I overall liked, but that one part just like was like almost pointing directly to an issue with the show. Um, okay. So, Made in Abyss episode eleven. So we end up. Uh, so that person that they met at the end of the previous episode, uh, Nanachi. Uh, she, sorry, she takes uh, Rico into her sort of 
cave thing or shelter? I can't remember exactly what it was. And says that she'll take care of her. Or is Nanachi a he or a she? I'm not sure what we're supposed to take their gender as. Maybe it's one of those characters we aren't supposed to know. Um, mm-hmm. Or it's ambiguous. Uh, anyway, so Nanachi se- se- tells Reg, okay, you gotta go and get like these things if you want to save uh, Rico. So he goes off and gets them and brings them back. And I was just thinking, it would be funny if some of, if only a uh, part of them was like actually necessary and the rest were just things that Nanachi wanted. And then it turned out that was actually the case. Some of it was just mm-hmm. like food. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of that bit from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy where Rocket, like, has this, they're breaking out of prison. He said, okay, we need all this stuff. And one of them is to, like, get this, like, robot, like, uh, like leg from someone. And he manages to do it. And he says, so what do we need that for? And Rocket just says, oh, we don't need it for anything. I just thought it would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they go through all that stuff. They manage to uh, apparently uh, start curing Rico. And, uh, yeah, that's basically the episode uh there's a part where nanashi uh, says like i am what you hum fear most i am a hollow and i'm think and i'm thinking oh so what's that and then we get this episode because i think nachi said at the end of the previous episode and then says it again here and i'm thinking what's that and then a <laughs> reg immediately just says uh what's that i think <laughs> oh we, we weren't supposed to know okay <laughs> Uh, in this continuity, it seems that a hollow is someone who, if you go too far into the abyss and then come back up, you lose all your personality or whatever, but that didn't affect Nanachi because plot. Well, okay, technically Nanachi just says that they're an exception uh, among exceptions. They're like one of the few that didn't. Um, and yeah, so that was basically the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I like this Nanachi character. Yeah, I I especially, I do like the fact that we've finally seen the third character that's been in, like, all the ending credits uh, that's been featured prominently, and they didn't show up until episode 11. Uh-huh. Right. Um, let me actually uh, check. Um, let's see. Uh... Let me just double check on this um quick to see. Okay, the the uh Nanachi's is the series never tells you whether Nanachi is supposed to be male or female apparently. So, okay. So that's what I was thinking. But yes, this was a more enjoyable episode. I uh just wish the series had gotten into this part this sort of stuff, I don't know, 5 episodes ago. Yeah. Because we've got so, two ep- we've got two episodes left this season. What? Really? Yes. Wait a minute. What what has been going on then that <laughs> we're down to two episodes and it feels like like this episode made me feel like it's episode three, maybe episode four, uh, but. <sighs> For there to be only two episodes left, that's crazy. That tells you how long it took 
for them to begin to begin to begin <laughs> the beginning of <laughs> their trip into the abyss. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. We are we are a second season is airing later this year. So uh but of course yeah, it's it's coming and I should point that this first season originally aired in 2017. So yeah, that's about a 5-year gap. It's uh not bad that we're only that we're getting it now. Yeah. Um when the next one is coming up, so I guess if we get super into it, we can watch that. Um uh- so is it out already or not? No, it's not. It's it's coming okay. sometime. It's it's scheduled for 2022, but we don't know exactly when. It isn't it isn't on it isn't coming out in the spring series that are starting in like a week or two. So it'll pro- presumably be summer or fall. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, very much it, we're just, it seems like we're pretty much just starting the show and we're almost at the end of the first season. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got One Piece then. Episodes 535 and 536? Yes, those are the episodes. Um, so the bad guys... Uh, break into the pal, manage to break into the palace, and uh, our heroes take an annoyingly long amount of time to real to decide. Yeah, maybe we should like free these guys that we've tied up because they're actually kind of on our side now. Mm-hmm. Um, they do finally do that, and they end up fighting against them. Meanwhile, Luffy uh, and Shirahoshi, uh, the, like the princess, uh, have just been flying in that big whale thing for a while then they eventually end up in the place where uh son g and chopper are and everyone's accusing them of being kidnappers and then of course inadvertently that's right when it reveals that they've got uh shirahoshi with them so everyone's like you kidnapped her which i don't know if it's that much of a cliffhanger because literally all she has to do is say no they didn't kidnap me so that that might be that would might be a pretty quick resolution next episode Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yep, that was the episode, episodes. Of One Piece. Mm-hmm. Which I really don't have much to say about this week, uh, probably because I was tired, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm looking for... Like something in One Piece where they all have to kind of like fight together against like one villain. Does that ever happen? Uh, you mean, um, let me think. I mean, One Piece is like a bunch of series in which usually it does kind of end up being, you know, one on one fights or sometimes (laughs) two on one fights or something like that. Uh, but. I mean, there's been times where people have had to work together to some extent, but it's ju- it's more like one person. It's a one-on-one fight with everyone else uh, serving as support. Like mm. you remember, for example, um, back in the thriller bark thing when there was mm-hmm. uh, what was his name? The guy who had like the power over the shadows and stuff. 
Like, the other characters did help against him, but it was ultimately one-on-one with him versus Luffy. That, mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yeah, for me, it's just like, it feels like Luffy is just goofing off while <laughs> other people are actually doing something. And Luffy's just goofing off, letting this, <laughs> you know, he's fooling around just having this uh, mermaid or something with him. And it's like, uh, don't you care about the rest of your crew, you know? Yeah, in fairness, he doesn't know the problems they're currently facing, but he did just kind of say, oh, we can just run <laughs> off. Although, I mean, too... I mean, as far as he knows, they're just ha- they're just eating or whatever. But yeah, it does seem like he just kind of dropped everything without trying to inform them of information. Mm-hmm. There's one other thing that's a weird up bit. This is a small thing, but it's when some of the fishmen are talking about Arlong, and Arlong was this character he like who showed up a long time ago in the series, and he was kind of an important uh, part in regards to like. Uh, Nami's arc, especially her backstory. And it's weird because Brooke, like, says... I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's something like, Arlong? I don't think I've tried that food before. And I'm trying to figure out, was that... Did he know who Arlong was? And that was... He was trying to make fun of that? Or, because if so, they don't say that. Or does he not know? Because it does not make sense if he does not know, because... He Arlong was a big part of Nami's backstory. It's completely incomprehensible that he wouldn't have been informed about that at some point. This isn't like you know when, uh, when um, in that thriller bark when uh, Frankie and Robin didn't know about Laboon, uh, that like whale that they met, because that was just kind of like you know just a thing that happened, and I can understand them not mentioning it. I don't understand them not. Him not knowing, like, one of the most important bits of a character's backstory. Uh, I don't know. That's just me going on about a tiny bit, I guess. Okay. Anything else about those? Or shall we move on to the not tsunami stuff? Uh, we can move on now. Okay. Episode 15 of bo 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 what happens here is that uh, we find out specifically that when Gaster doesn't have his collar on, he starts acting like a baby. Uh, so we get that specified. It also makes his attack super powerful, though. So he does manage to defeat the enemy, and Beauty put, manages to put the collar back on him, uh, which brings him to normal. Then they find Jelly Jiggler in... Uh, Probably was the funniest gig of the episode, I thought, where he's right there, and he's like, and they're trying to look for him, and he's like, saying, well, let's look around for Jelly Jiggler, and, uh, I just like the part where Don Patches just, uh, says, yeah, I agree, what General Jelly Jiggler said was right on in regards to trying to find Jelly Jiggler. That was kind of funny. Um, anyway, they end up fighting, uh, him uh though and uh as usual a whole lot of wacky antics um ensue as a result with you know stuff like bobo saying that yeah you taste like a lychee and stuff like that and uh yeah that was the episode essentially yeah um there's a couple funny moments in this one um but uh yeah a lot of tomfoolery as well <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, yep. Okay. 
<clears throat> so we got that. Then we can uh, go to Ascendance of a Bookworm. Yeah, I'm hoping we... Uh, I do think we get a little more into a plot soon of Bobo, Bo, so there might be a little more to say. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, then we've got Ascendance of a Bookworm, episode 13. So, so basically... Mine um says, "Hey, I'm. How about me becoming an apprentice priestess?" And their fam and her family says, "No, that's a bad idea. That that's something that only orphans do, or whatever." And then she's like, "Oh, okay." And then uh, someone, uh, but uh, then and, and so, what's his name? Uh, oh, what's it? I can't remember his name. The business guy like says, "No, that's bad." Also, so she goes and talks to them and is like planning to turn them down but then they find out that she's got the devouring and want her to bring her parents to talk about the stuff and we find out and there's that stuff oh and no and then the business guy tells her that they're that they're just doing it because they want to get the people to devouring because they need the mana or uh something and then there's uh <clears throat> and uh yeah that was uh basically the events where so we have i guess she's supposed to take her parents over to them to talk about the thing because it does seem like this would manage to solve her actual you know devouring and get her the books and stuff so and we also finally meet that guy that we saw at the very beginning of the series and keeps showing up just like in the post credit scenes mm-hmm and uh so yeah that was our episode yeah how many episodes left in this season one one okay do we uh well i guess we can talk about later whether we want to continue with this or not yeah it uh is this is ironic what you were saying about made in abyss this feels kind of like a sentence of a bookworm in that Oh, the f uh, the plot is finally seems to be taking off now. Wait, there's only one episode left? Yeah. There are still two more seasons, so maybe stuff moves forward. But, yeah, I guess we'll see what we decide to do about it uh, next week. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. We've got episodes... 17 and 18. I, uh, yeah, those are the episodes. Um, so they end up, um, let's see if I'm remembering what happened right. Okay. Uh, so we've, so they go in and they're, they enact their plan with Lancer fighting Archer while Rain and Shiro try to take on Caster and. I can't remember the guy's name, and he dies anyway. So, uh, mm -hmm. that, that see, this is something that's useful when characters die. It means you don't have to remember their names. <laughs> so they seem to be having some problems. Uh, Reen does, it turns out, did manage to come up with a pretty effective plan against Caster, but it still and but it only but it uh, barely doesn't work. Uh, like it almost works, but not quite. Uh, meanwhile, Lancer and Archer have their fight, and Lancer seems to win, and then Archer, like, saying, oh, well, I get, this whole thing was just to make it so that Caster wouldn't watch us or whatever, and Lancer's just like, 
Okay, you said that super cryptically, but I guess I I guess this means you're not a, an enemy now. So Archer shows up and um saves Reen and Shiro and uh dispatches with um Caster and um the guy and then so and that was his plan all along, I guess. Uh it seemed I was initially thinking, well, wait, if that was his plan, then why didn't he just kill, like fight? Why did he do the false betrayal unnecessarily? And then I real, and then I finally realized, oh, I guess he was he did this roundabout way because he wanted to like get like the command seal stuff removed so you wouldn't be under Reen's control anymore. Speaking of which, Reen forms a new pact with Saber, so Saber's her servant now. Yeah, all um, these servants going back and forth with them, between each other. It's hard to uh, remember who's with who. Hey, as long as Saber's back in her cool outfit rather than that really weird um, like dress she was wearing uh, while she was captured. So, uh, um, <clears throat> after that, uh, Archer says, okay, so I'm going to kill Shiro. And then they manage just to like be kind of fighting him off, but he manages to grab Reen and use her as kind of, well, knock her unconscious and use her as a hostage. And so Shiro says that he'll go fight Archer or something. Um, because yeah. And then, um, there's also some stuff with Gilgamesh and Shinji who are kind of there who like show up to where Archer is and Archer's like, well, you know, you can have Rain, I guess, but only after the stuff with Shiro is concluded. We get this lengthy sequence of uh, Rain monologuing about Archer that is kind of confusing and uh, didn't really make that much sense. Yeah, what was he even saying? Well, so here's like the thing. Um, this Early on in watching this, I inadvertently spoiled myself about something important about Archer. And uh, mm -hmm. this, watching that with that knowledge, I'm like, okay, I get this now, but I don't think I would have understood it at all if I hadn't known that. And I'm not sure if we're supposed to know it or not. I have been um, kind of out of curiosity looking at the uh, review, individual episode reviews and Anime News Network, how did this show as it aired? And, uh, well... Don't watch the review for this episode because the person just straight up, I, I guess the reviewer assumes that everyone else figured it out because they just straight up um, say, okay, this is what, this is the thing about Archer's backstory and why it explains everything he's doing right now. And I'm just thinking, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I would have figured it out if I hadn't uh, yet, if I hadn't <laughs> known. You didn't uh, okay. seem to figure it out so, either, so. No, please don't tell me so I can actually... Uh, enjoy it so i i assume that it's going to be explained more in detail it just was weird for like the review of this episode to just straight up say oh yeah and by the way here's all this stuff that i guess they thought was obvious to the viewer but i didn't think it was obvious enough at this point um <laughs> so uh yeah and uh so yes those are the episodes so, oh. so it's so it's like the sixth sense where once you figure find out the big reveal then everything that had happened the whole movie finally makes sense <laughs> yeah it's it did make more hum sense you know i remember uh i was reading something about like when the, the writing and like i think someone likes 
and I can't, someone like making it was suggesting, I don't know, I think we're making the ending twist a little too obvious in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, it really wasn't. Well, I mean, it's obvious now because it's like, you know, about almost on the level of Rosebud and spoiling what it was uh, mm-hmm. out of the show. But, yeah, it was a, it was a twist. Um, actually, I think I somehow managed to watch, somehow when I watched that movie, I hadn't been spoiled on it. So, what movie? Uh, the Sixth Sense. I, oh, I, same here, same here, because I had to watch it for a class, and and um, so that was actually that like I I literally had a class where where you went through two classes a week, and one class you just watch the movie, and the second class you talk about it. I mean, that was it. You you did some a test at the end of the semester. But whenever this one came up, I was like, I was like telling the professor, yeah, they completely got me on this one. I, I can't believe I didn't figure it out. <laughs> so, uh, but I guess uh, that uh, director hasn't done very well ever since. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, M. Night Shyamalan is uh is kind of like the guy is yeah he's like the guy that everyone seems to think well you know uh he had uh, the sixth sense was great and basically every movie afterwards was worse uh than the <laughs> previous one um um people say, unbreakable people say was good i have not seen it but i've but people say it was good um and what i've was heard that a, what was that about um that was about uh the plot is that there's this one um, guy who dis- who realize who kind of discovers that he's basically like he's basically like kind of Superman in like having super strength and uh, not like Superman super strength, but being really strong and being able to like withstand like practically everything. You know, he like he like starts realizing that like you know he's never had any like like real injuries or whatever in his life and um and stuff about and like what he does with that it's it's kind of like a drama piece and uh i i and like about how he deals with that and there's this guy who shows up you know and is like trying to like uh and is telling him that like you know who has figured it out based on looking into him and is trying to get him to like you know i think become sort of a superhero i haven't seen i'm going by the plot stuff I had and yeah, guess what? It's got a twist at the end, but uh, <laughs> it is look at least from the synopsis I'm reading. It looked like an interesting uh, twist. It, it hadn't gotten um, quite to the, uh, to like some of the weird later stuff. Uh, but that was, so that was considered good. Um, and after that, there was, you know, signs, the village, lady in the water, the happening, the last airbender, a bunch of, you know, a bunch <laughs> of movies that people did not like. Yeah. Oh, and he had to appear in every movie he made, right? Um, yeah, I think he, he had a cameo in every single movie he ever made. He might have. I'm not a hundred percent sure on uh, that, but looking, starting with, uh, let's see. I'm glancing. I'm looking over like the acting credits and comparing it with the uh, the like uh, the ones that he actually um, made. 
he was in he was in most of them but not every single one of them i don't think he was in he's not listed as being in devil and he uh made that one um or no wait i think he didn't direct that one he just he was a producer and involved was involved with the story i think um oh he wasn't in after earth i don't think so uh yeah but he's in a bunch of them but not quite necessarily on the Stan Lee level. Although Stan Lee only had all his cam, you know, like he didn't have any, all the movies based on this stuff. He didn't show up. Like he, I don't think in the fantastic four movies, uh, but those weren't MCU. So, <laughs> okay. Let's see. Did I have any other <coughs> comments about, uh, did you have anything else to say about Unlimited Blade Works this episode? Nope, not really. Okay. Oh, I did find out something interesting. Apparently, in the original like idea for Fate Stay Night, like before he the guy before he like made it into a video game, the original author like had it like had ideas for it even before that. Apparently, the original idea was like the same basic stuff with the servants and stuff. Apparently, though, uh, Saber was going to be a guy, and uh, the main character, uh, Shiro, was female instead. So uh, they swapped the genders at some point in production. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yep, I guess that's everything else I have to say. The only other comment is, Lan I don't... This has really not ever happened to me before, but I just have so much trouble with Lancer because he's supposed to be the, uh, like, he's, like, supposed to be, oh, honorable and stuff. And every time he talks, I hear Lupin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't made that connection yet, so. <laughs> I, I just keep mentally having him talk and I keep thinking, oh, yeah, it's Lupin. No, 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 he's a completely different character. I've never had this happen to me before. Even when like people have like the same voices, I don't know why it just keeps affecting me here. Okay. Okay. Yep. So it's time to give our top three, right? Yep. Uh, the top um, three stuff. Uh, or... I'll go first. Okay. Um, Fate Stay Night, obviously number one. Senmu drops number two, and Maiden Abyss stays in number three. So for me, Fate Stay Night is in first. Uh, then it would be, uh, yeah, Maiden Abyss. And in third uh, place, I would actually put, despite the fact that I spent most of the time complaining about it, I think I actually will give it to Assassination Classroom. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, those, um, things. Um, right. Uh, anything else to talk about? Have they, uh, let me just double check to see if there's any Toonami, uh, news. I wonder if maybe they, uh, like announced anything new. No, not yet. They did out. They did continue that whole tsunami, the return, which, uh, yeah, nothing really happened there. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened at all. Hmm. 
Okay, and yeah, so there's um, those things. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it then for Toonami Therapy this week uh, because I don't think there's anything else um, specifically to talk about. Um, oh, wait, there was one thing that was kind of uh, amusing that I wanted to mention. Sure. sure so, I, so I was like, you know, going to Crunchyroll and typically I don't really spend time at all on the main page. I just kind of, um, like outside of, you know, just the stuff that's mentioning at the, at the very, um, top sometimes. And I, but I was like kind of curious. So I was scrolling down and I was looking, um, down in this part and, and there's a thing where it's like saying new to anime start here and you know it lists like some stuff uh, some like stuff that it apparently thinks are good intro animes and uh so some of these make some total sense like it's got cowboy bebop you know that's like the classic intro anime. right right um you got full metal alchemist brotherhood uh yeah that's a decent um introduction i suppose even if maybe it might be better to go the original series and then the sequel ones because the sequel just it goes through the early stuff so fast right yeah um or in high school host club i've never seen it but from my understanding that's kind of a popular intro one my hero academia okay you know superheroes are big that's like a shonen battle series and those are often the things that like you know new people getting into mob cycle 100 okay that's a little more that that seems a little more esoteric but i can see it and then it lists of all things as an intro anime kill a kill and i'm like look i like that series that is one of the worst things ever to have someone watch as their first anime yeah uh yeah oh man okay for me, the ultimate gateway anime is the one that got me into anime. That was Inuyasha. Hmm. I think that's like the perfect, perfect uh, show for because it has all the tropes in it. Like every every anime trope you can think of is in Inuyasha. So once you've seen Inuyasha, you pretty much know everything about anime. Yeah. And I mean, if you if you like click on the little arrow to look at more, it lists some more stuff. And there's Dragon Ball Z, which I mean, yeah, that is like the gateway anime essentially, or One Punch Man, and some other things. But it just Kill a Kill is just the weirdest thing to list as an intro anime. I thought you were gonna say Paranoia Agent. <laughs> okay, yeah, that that one is pretty weird, also. Yeah. But I still feel like that might actually be a still be a better intro anime. It just it Kill a Kill is like the quintessential show that you should only watch if you're already into anime. Yeah. Um So Yeah, someone someone I knew said the only anime they'd seen was something called Elfin Lied. And <laughs> and I from what I got it probably wasn't a very good uh, gateway anime, but I've never seen it myself. I've heard, I've honestly, from what I've heard, it wasn't a very good anime. Period. Uh-huh. But it got popular and well known. I so I haven't seen it, but from my understanding, it basically kind of got popular just because there was some really over the top violence and sexual content. 
Um, so, which apparently, especially for the time it came out, um, at least for the English audience, was like pretty, like unique in the way it was. Um, and that, I guess, is what got it a bunch of attention um, for that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, um, that. But anyway, that was just a bit of a random amusing thing. There's also, uh, this was actually kind of funny. Um, I got, like, just an hour or two ago, I got this, um, message from, uh, <clears throat> from, like, I don't know, some political candidate for the Senate race here, and, uh, like, a, a, a text on phone, and it begin and it begins, now, you know, sometimes you get those, but it starts out with saying, hi, Eileen, it's blank, uh, their name again, I'm reaching out to you to personally ask you to make a contribution, blah, blah, and I'm just thinking, Eileen? Did they send it, like, wh what? The reason for that is that Whenever they buy the phone numbers off other people's data, they just whoever had the phone phone number you had have now who had it before you, that's who they're sending it to. Because mine's always comes out as Dwayne. Mm -hmm. And I'll get Dwayne a lot. And it's like, Hey Dwayne, do you wanna sell your property at blah blah blah? You know? So Obviously, he had the number before I had it, hmm. and um, so, yeah, that's how that works. That that might be it, then. I seem to remember, now that I think about it, I've gotten calls from people trying to sell, like, ask me to donate to stuff, and they say, hey, is this, and I can't remember what they said, but I think they might have said Eileen, so I, I know it was a girl's name, but, but um... That would match up, but it's just funny to not only get the one saying, hi, Eileen, but for it also to say, like, it's me again. And I'm like, I never got anything from you before, I don't think. Mm. Uh, maybe I didn't, I forgot, but uh, it was just it was just weird to see um, that. Not quite as weird as when I get, uh, no, here's the absolute weirdest thing, actually, now that I think about it. And when I get phone calls, you know, trying to, like, robocalls trying to sell me something, and they're in Chinese, like, mm -hmm. why? How, how, if you're trying to sell things to people, how many people who pick up their phones are going to know the language? Yeah. Anyway, those are just some random anecdotes uh, from my life. And I guess that'll be the end of it for this week. We'll, uh... We'll, um, yep, that'll be that. We'll see you next week for more discussion on the anime and stuff. And without further ado, we'll see you then. Bye, me.